Hello and welcome to This Day Rocks from Vintage Rock Pod, the daily podcast looking back on this day in the history of rock. I am Paul Stevenson. Now, today is May the 12th, so we wish a happy birthday to the guitarist from the band The Cult, Billy Duffy, who's celebrating his 61st birthday today. And we also remember Ian Drury on what would have been his 80th birthday, lead singer of Ian Drury and the Blockheads, of course. He sadly passed away back in March 2000. As for today's big story, then, we go back to 1983, when one of the biggest stars in the world was forced to file for bankruptcy. Yes, despite releasing one of the biggest selling albums of all time, Bat Out of Hell, just six years earlier, Meatloaf found himself having to file for bankruptcy. He said, I made almost nothing. That's how it was back then. The record company said Bat Out of Hell never made a profit. Crazy to think, isn't it? So whenever I have a meatloaf query, I always reach out to my meatloaf superfan, Stephanie Myers. She not only interviewed and met meatloaf, she saw him in concert a crazy amount of times too. So here's what she had to say about this period of meatloaf's life. When he filed for bankruptcy in mid-1983, he was years after the release of Bad Out of Hell. In that time, he had released the album Dead Ringer in 1981 and then Midnight at the Lost and Found in 1983. Meat had a number of vocal problems at this time, which he outlines in his memoir to Hell and Back, and doctors were baffled. But those vocal problems weren't the sole cause of him deciding to file for bankruptcy. It was the fact that in Meat's own words, he said at this time, I had 45 lawsuits totaling 80 million thrown at me. But yeah, here we are in 1983 and things were rough for Meat and he ended up selling his home and liquidating some of his other assets. If you watch the VH1 movie based on his memoir, there's even a scene where his family can't buy groceries because their carts declined. So it was this rough time that was tough on both him and his family. And he told the LA Times, I lost my house and everything, even the publishing rights to my songs, which the bankruptcy court took away. So it was a really tough time for him. Yeah, definitely. Now, it's kind of pretty hard to believe as fans when we hear this kind of thing, isn't it, really? I mean, we see the millions of records that get sold, the huge sold-out tours, and to think that he still had to file for bankruptcy is is pretty crazy, isn't it? It is hard to imagine when we see someone who's this enormous public profile, right, at the time, and he sold millions of records and done tons of tours. But as we said, me also didn't get the years of royalties that he was owed. So years later, he ended up suing the label Cleveland International for breach of contract, said I had sold more than 25 million copies of Bad Out of Hell and you owe me 14 million in unpaid royalties. I believe he ended up settling that out of court. But yeah, it was very rough going for him for a long time because of those financial issues. Indeed. But something like that could be the end of, I don't know, a lesser artist, but not for Meatloaf. I mean, he went on to have so many more big albums and big hits, and he really re-established himself, didn't he? He did end up having so many more hits globally. And of course, Bad Out of Hell 2 brought all of that together, especially with I'd Do Anything for Love, which was a global smash hit. The thing many people don't realize, I think, is that Bad Out of Hell 2 came also as this culmination of him never really going away, he played and toured all over the world relentlessly since 1977. He just kept going, and that was 
prior to Bad Out of Hell 2. So he had this well-deserved reputation for these amazing live shows where he gave every ounce of his energy. So when Bat 2 hit, he was back to these big audiences, even bigger audiences for his shows than he had at the height of his fame in the 70s. And what I also always go back to is that Meatloaf thematically in his life and in his art has always been about never giving up. I think that was a large theme of his life. And he never did. He never gave up. And a big thanks to Stephanie Myers there, our meatloaf expert. Please do check out her podcast, which she co-hosts with another Stephanie, Stephanie Pena. It's called Stephanie and Stephanie Talk Tunes. We share the memories, we connect to the music. Well, that's it for May the 12th then. Don't forget to subscribe to Vintage Rock Pod so you don't miss any further This Day Rocks episodes. I'll be back tomorrow talking about one of the greatest songwriters of all time. Till then though, take care.